but as usual i would like to start something um you know funny about it so i i read this how many of you know this five love languages yes and this is the best example for five love languages affirmation your coffee is delicious acts of service i made you coffee receiving gifts here is your coffee quality time let's go and get a coffee physical touch let me hold you like a coffee <laughs> anyway uh one more okay how many narcissist does it take to screw in a light bulb only one because the narcissist holds the light bulb while the rest of the world revolves around him <laughs> anyway these are my weird humors but lift up your bible and you say this after me lord jesus influence me this morning holy spirit i pray that you will speak to us you will reveal your heart to us i pray that you will uh, you will build your church that is the promise that you have said to the early apostles and to the church you said i will build my church it's yours it's not ours and we get to be part of it it is a privilege and i pray holy spirit that you will one more time bring clarity and your wisdom in what you are about to do in this coming season of our lives so we thank you in jesus name amen amen so as you know we took the whole month talked about uh, vision we talked about why god desiring us to move in a direction where the holy spirit spoke to me a couple of years ago how to see the church not becoming a building that you go into or a meeting you attend to but a family you belong to and that's what the last two years it's coming it's kind of brewing inside you know and it's coming out and in many forms and we took almost uh uh you know, entire month to talk about the vision but prior to that we even talked about the seven eight pillars of the early church and then we talked about the three more aspects which is persecution joy and also the expectation of the supernatural of the early church lived so this morning as as you know many of you didn't come also because of being a, a, on a phone i mean work call and traveling and stuff like that so we will what i will do today it's not necessarily a sermon i'll give you a little bit of a summary but i will i want you to pay attention to some videos i'm going to show you how the church the lord desiring not from a build not necessarily from a building to organic living people of god who carry his presence even on their mundane monday activities amen and that's something the lord is kind of desiring in us all this years even last year i, I, I most of you know that i i took a season of uh, you know break from the normal church activities to be in another country to get renewed so that i can come back with the same vision and the desire that god is leading us in the city of velour and hopefully that's my prayer and i believe the lord spoke to us uh, in the, in the nation also so now 
the topic, the title, if you want to write it down, it's the summary, We Are the Church. We Are the Church. I want you to listen to this video. Um, maybe it's three minutes video. Maybe uh, you can play this one. And then we will see how we can take Man, it. When we, were in, when we were in China, you know, we went to the underground church. I always wanted to see what is that like? What is, what is it really like? And we went to this, uh, this training uh, thing for, for, for underground uh, church leaders that, that wanted to be missionaries and go to the Middle East and everywhere else. And, you know, and the leader was saying, yeah, well, we'll take you there, but we can't take your whole family. It's just kind of crazy. It's, it, you know, it could be a little dangerous. And so I said, all right, all right, I'll just take my oldest daughter. She's the most expendable. We'll, we'll go, and we'll go hang out. And so we go, we walk in. And you ever been in one of those places where it's just filled with the Spirit? Like you just walk in, you hear the prayers of the people, the, the, the singing, the crying, the weeping, the intensity of prayer. And you go, man, this is nuts. This is an, and, and, and so I'm supposed to speak. And again, do you know how embarrassing it is to speak at places like that? Where you go, I, I don't know, I don't know what you guys go through, man. I don't, I haven't touched it. And I said, can you guys please just teach me instead? Can you please tell me stories of your persecution? And they, and they were, they were like tripping out over me. They, they're just like, why, why do you want to hear this stuff? I go, oh. they, they said, everyone gets persecuted. I go, no, not everyone. I, I said, you know, not where I come from. And I said, so tell me stories. And they're telling me stories of, of government coming and, and guns going off and them running for their lives or hiding. And I'm just sitting there like a little kid just going, wow, yeah, tell me more, tell me more. And different people would just stand up, oh, one time this happened, one time this happened. And I'm just, you know, my daughter and I, you know, our eyes are as big as mine get. You know, it's just like, whoa, you know, like, wow, this is, this is ridiculous. This is, this is insane. And, and again, they were just so confused by me. They're like, why do you like this so much? And, and I, go, I go, you got to understand where I come from. I, I said, see, in America, we have these buildings in our cities called churches. And we just do services in, on them and, you know, in them. And so people just, they go and attend a service. And uh, it's just like an hour, maybe an hour and a half a week. And, and if uh, another church has a better speaker, they'll switch, you know? And, uh, and I said, or if the music's better or child care's better. And this, is, this was the weirdest part of it. They started laughing hysterically. I mean, it wasn't like, ha or all oh, that's sad, or are oh, you kidding? I mean, hysterically, to where my daughter Rachel afterwards like, Dad, was that the weirdest thing? I go, yes. <laughs> She goes, they were like laughing, thinking you're the funniest guy on earth. They're just, and I wasn't trying to be funny, you know. It, 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 it was just one of those times where they're laughing hysterically because they're going, how did you get that from this? Are you kidding me? So you probably some might have seen this video. This is one of the saints in, the, in this current generation, how the Lord has been using this man to kind of bring a fresh fire into this so-called church that we are used to. And uh, I personally had a couple of experience going to mainland China. And one was from Hong Kong smuggling Bibles to mainland China. And the pastor said, are you ready for an adventure trip? And we were all like, yeah, we are for adventures, yeah. And then he explained what is an adventure. And, and everybody's like, oh, no. 
and I remember he packed huge duffel bags full of Bibles. It was Mandarin, uh, you know, written Bibles, just wrapped around with a couple of T-shirts. And he said, let's go. And we actually crossed the border through the bus. And, and the, at, the, at the terminal, he said, there is a Chinese lane and a visitor's lane. Uh, you go this side, I go this side. You don't know me, I don't know you. You get caught, you don't tell about my name. Just right there. <laughs> and he said, ciao, he's gone. And I'm standing there with the bags, two huge bags, crossing it. And the cops get me there, took me to this interrogation room, put all the Bibles on the top of the table, and they are asking me questions. And my knees started fellowshipping, you know. And, and I am, I'm standing there thinking, probably this is going to be uh, my time here doing, you know, timing, do time here in this Chinese prison. And this officer asked me, what is the reason you are going into this country? And why do you carry this Bible? And if I think logically now, I, I think I made the most stupidest, most craziest answer that, that I ever gave to him. And I said to him, Jesus loves you. This is for people like you. You can take a copy also. And, and I don't even remember how it came out of my mouth because inside I was praying in tongues and, and block, you know, it just came. And the officer, I don't know what he thought. He started packing the bags inside the bags, all the Bible, and he started screaming, you know, stamped my passport, screaming. I thought he's making me to get out of the country. He was pointing me towards the entry sign. Got out. The pastor already briefed me. There will be a black tinted glass van will be waiting for you to pick you to the underground church. At the end of the terminal, this black white uh, combis at the end of the terminal you know just parked there i went and knocked the tinted glass they slide down the window and they asked me this question are you from hong kong and i said yes they put the bags inside and we were driving towards this underground church and the underground church is is in the 11th floor not on the underground i was thinking underground means somewhere under the ground it was a technical term i didn't even know that and it was on the 11th floor believe it or not when we walked in people were so thrilled and excited it's almost like you know i don't know about you like in the west married to a white girl they have this christmas tree and they have the gifts under the tree I mean, we do that, but we more focused on biryani than the gifts. But they have this thing on the 24th night, they open up. Is, is that common, Brother Mark, in your country also? They open up. It's almost excited to, you know, and they, I mean, it's like my wife's family, they bit on steroids on that, on that thing, you know. So they do this with such an excitement, and that was the excitement these guys are having when we come inside. They were not even least bothered about me. They were eyes focused on the duffel bags. And the pastor's like, did every Bible came safe? I'm like, I'm also doing well. Okay, thanks for asking. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he opened up. One of the Bibles is the larger print. It's almost like the size of this size. And a 90-year-old Chinese man, he gave his life to the Lord, but he's never touched it, seen it, read it in his life. 
and the pastor has smuggled in one of the you know the magnifying glass and he was given him his is wrinkly his eyes are wrinkled he cannot stand is seated they place that bible put this little you know the table chair around the head and he placed it opened it he was shaking with his magnifying glass reading it i am telling you this story this is predominantly how christians are desiring to read the word i remember going the second time to the north east part of china where if you go and see at the tip of that's called harbin you will see russia in one side north korea another side and this side is china and this known for sculptures ice sculptures and you go there and one of our friends they are from northeast and they planted a church there and it's an house church you go there and it's all the curtains are closed windows are closed there are guns waiting at the downstairs like security guards and stuff like that and you sneak in in a tiny little apartment maybe half of this place and in this half 50 to 60 people are gathered there all cramped like literally sardine in a can and this sister she's a waiwama planted a church did a dts went to an outreach started a church there and these two uh, women they're asking charles would you like to preach there and i, I don't know what to preach we, i mean for me it's like what do i tell people do i tell them that we have you know services 8 o'clock service 10 o'clock service for you know evening service we have live streams i mean there is absolutely nothing and i think i shared this testimony we started singing this bambalela which is an african song a zulu song which basically means hold on to jesus and the power of god touched and and it, people were encouraged more than they were encouraged we felt so convicted church should never be something that you go into your building it's never be something that you attend it's not a meeting you attend it's not it it should be something more than what we just experience now on sunday morning because it's sunday we have to go to church if we don't go to church you're a bad sunday christian so we can have this is like a conscience problem so we attend the church we don't even get to participate we just attend i attend the service and i i i sometimes get the text from some of the people who are from from this gathering they say anna i i'm i woke up late <laughs> i can't come to attend your church i'm going to the local chapel there i mean so when you think about it it's like man I, I, it, it, we are looking at how to bring people into your building to give a one and a half hours program but we never go deeper than that and we ask holy spirit what is the reason you brought us into existence why you said when jesus said i will build my church what does that mean so that's what we've been dealing with all this uh, weeks uh, let me uh, highlight a couple of things and there's uh, another uh, picture i want to show you this is this happened a few years back and this is me under a tree in lucknow and this pastor i've told you the story there's a tree here and he put a shamina underneath 
this entire church were gathered in a building suddenly local um, you know that world view up there uh, that government said no you cannot meet and they persecuted they got kicked out this pastor picked me up in his old maruti car and he said let's go to our church we have a new place to gather and he kept it surprise and we were driving 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 stopped close to the street and he said this is our church can you imagine that that happens here in bellu if i say tomorrow this place is not available we'll meet under this tree here how many will make it i don't know are we going to bring the chairs there or how is it going to be these are people just sitting on a literally there's not even you know smooth floors this literally hard rock floors they're sitting there on this left side you see the shamina just there they just boiled some rice and the dal they call it dal but it's yellow water that's it and they just serve that with some green chilies on the side the church is growing we in the south we received the gospel so many years ago even in the city 120 years ago the gospel came to the city through medical missionary like ida scudder but still in the city like almost a million people we are not even at 10% of bible believing christians why because we go to church we never appreciate that fact that jesus said you are the church does it make sense so if you read the book of acts acts chapter 12 verse 12 it says this uh, when this had dawned on him he went into the house of mary the mother of john also called mark where many people had gathered and were praying in their house acts 2020 you know that i have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you but i have taught you publicly and from house to house you read acts chapter 2 you read the book of acts it says that they met in temple courts they also met in houses so we are not stop we are not going to stop gathering here we will gather but this is not the only reason we're going to gather we're going to gather here a week we're going to gather in small house groups where we're going to ask the holy spirit to say speak to us who is our neighbor who we can reach out to how we can bring them inside and disciple them you know the the early church had this eight pillars i've said this over and over by this time probably you might remember it out of your memory what was the first one worship second one word third one prayer fourth fasting fifth giving sixth communion seventh evangelism eighth discipleship these eight were the pillars of the early church where are we now we we when we when we talk about prayer it's hardly i, I mean i haven't heard anyone prayed except the few because we are we, there is no time here because we have our structure our policies are made in such a way it's it's a program we give you rather than you I, i i wrote down here and i i don't want to change uh, anything that church in the new testament always focused on people not places today it's all about a place a good prime location would attract people into that place that's why we have buildings local church in the new testament were in homes and also in common places so you you have these two things 
so by the way when we say we are going to go locally organic house to house churches it does not mean house churches are not a rogue bible studies that does whatever they want because they have been hurt with traditional churches that's not the reason we are starting it let me be very clear i am not hurt by the traditional church i am not hurt by the, and so i'm not going to go say to you let's go rogue let's start whatever we want let's let's say you know what are our, whatever to this traditional church and we'll do our thing no that's that's not the reason the reason why we are we are praying is to see how can this or people like you and me how can we can be a vessel where god can build his church upon us and in the city of velur that's how the early church they were tiny little oppressed people that brought transformation into the entire community and and the people when 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 the early church members when they go into a new area the people will note that these people have something different about them can you honestly say that when people see christians they see difference in us maybe our car can tell because we have the sticker fish sticker or a bumper verse and the scripture so we have to go little deeper and that's what matthew 16 18 jesus said i will build my church and i explained to you the word ecclesia in the greek which basically has two words ek which is means to call out and and keleo which also means to call out and gather so it's a two words coming together it's to you're called out to gather so that you can be equipped and you can live a life that god has called you to live that's ecclesia today ecclesia we don't know the meaning of ecclesia we think it's a building we look at oh that's a ecclesia that's an ecclesia no that's not ecclesia that's just a building it's you and me or the ecclesia god calls out and equips us and he sends us out into this place where he wants his name to be glorified listen to what this uh, this greek english lexicon uh, says about the church it means a legislative assembly or selected ones this is not a religious term at all it is a political and governmental terms that is used many times in uh, in the classical greek of, for a group of people who have been summoned and gathered together to govern the affairs of the city for jesus to use this term means he is giving the keys of the governmental authority on his eternal kingdom to the church that is a humongous responsibility if you think about it i'm not just an attendee on a church he is gathering his governmental citizens to take affairs of the city i mean can you imagine that what is the affairs of the city isaiah 61 the spirit of the sovereign lord is upon me how many of you know that verse by heart yeah? it is he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor that's the affairs of the city bind up the broken hearted affairs of the city come on set the captives free affairs of the city to bring them from ashes into beauty garment of praise instead of spirit of heaviness that's our affairs of the city it's we we you see most of the isaiah's prophecy we think it's we, we take isaiah and we use it for m- month 
every month, first month promise or year promise. <laughs> we use that book of Isaiah. I don't know about you. Most of the promises that the pastors preach is from the book of Isaiah. It's like, you will walk on the waters. You will never fail. You will do this. You will do that. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We take that verse as like a promise verse. Brother, October is my promise verse. Those who wait upon the Lord. What does that basically means? Eagle lives 70 years. The first 40 years lives on the, the birth strength. And then they go and hide in a cocoon in somewhere in a cave. And then they shred their feathers. The beak is broken. They come back with new life, new feathers. And they gain the same strength even more for the next 30 years. And they live. And that's what the Bible says. It talks about waiting in the presence. It's not about your own flesh. You might have started in your own flesh. But when you wait in the Lord, you get a new perspective. And the Bible says you will soar high not low. You will run and not faint. You will walk and not get weary. You see the contrast? We use it for our immediate pleasure. But the Bible has got long-term consequences. Now, let's keep moving on. So these eight pillars were combined together. We talked about it on, on the aspect of supernatural. And what is supernatural? You are natural. God is super. God gives a super to your natural abilities. That is called supernatural. Hello? Supernatural does not mean you're going to now become a holy rollers and become a lunatic. The spirit of God in you, okay, there are two things. You know this, Holy Spirit in me, Holy Spirit upon me. Holy Spirit in me is for my benefit. It's to guide me to the Lord. Holy Spirit comes upon me. That is Isaiah 61. Is to benefit others. So the supernatural comes upon you. Doesn't make you a lunatic. It empowers you to live like Jesus. So God's super comes upon your natural ability. How many of you need that? My natural ability is what? Do, talk, share, pray. But when God adds that super on the top of my natural ability, things become extravagantly beautiful. What does that mean? It means on earth as it is in heaven. That's supernatural. Come on, church. Are you there? We have puffs waiting for you. You need some, some encouragement. Amen? Okay. Now, look at this. Acts chapter 3. We don't have anything on the screen it's because of the summary. It'll be, I want you to just, because I'm, I'm almost done. I'm just going to grab a little bit more and then we'll go to the next session. So, so Acts chapter 3, verse 5 to 8. Acts chapter 8, 26. Acts 10, 41. They were in a constant expectation of the supernatural. They were like, Lord, here we are. This is our natural. Put your super on the top. Why don't we take next 20 seconds? You know, if you can grab someone's hand and say, God, touch this person with your supernatural power. Come on, church. Come on, let's pray. Come on. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Touch this church, us, with your supernatural power. Yes, put your super on our natural abilities so that you will take us from glory to glory. I pray for your manifest presence to happen. Now, the church did not stop there. It moved further. They had two things which is very hardly we talk about. Francis Chan talked about here. Persecution. Today we, we, we pray against persecution. Yes or no? 
I mean, I'm not saying I'm loving, I'm expecting to be persecuted. I, I, I mean, let's be honest. Nobody is like, get up in the morning and say, Lord, pour out your persecution in double portion. On my wife, triple portion. On my mother-in-law, quadruple. Hmm? Nobody. Well, I know somebody. No, just don't, don't go there. <laughs> but I'm just telling you. You know, nobody gets up in the morning and says, God, pour out your persecution on us. But this is the problem we have. The modern church have taught us a lie that we believe that if we believe in Jesus, everything is going to be all right. You know that old Bob Marley song? Don't worry about a thing. How is it going to go? Everything going to be all right. We believe that. We think that everything is going to be all right. Everything is going to be all right. Believe in Jesus. Claim the promises. Confess it. There is a nugget of truth in it. Yes. But the Bible does not teach us. The more during the pandemic lockdown, I just meditated only on the book of Acts, 28 chapters, again and again and again. And every time you see the persecution, growth. Persecution, growth. Persecution, growth. Ten years we had the most relaxed government. The church grew? No. The church divided. We have more denominations. And we are expecting this current government to come again. And I'm, 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 I'm sensing that's what's going to happen. I'm not in a negative way prophesying, but that's what's going to happen. This current government is going to come again for another five years. And I believe that that will give us as a church to press in for more. I know this is not a, a very ear-tingling message. God is going to increase from your Toyota to Jaguar. This is not one of those promises, you know. But this is the reality. This is the reality. We are seeing how this nation is progressively moving. But that's, we have to be prepared, you know. And this, along with persecution, the Acts chapter 4, verse 29, and Acts chapter 5, 41 says this, they were bold and ready to face persecution, and joy of the Lord was their strength. Can you imagine that? That they walk in supernatural. Imagine this. They had eight pillars. They expect God to put his super on his, their natural abilities. They walk with supernatural. They expect persecution. But then, they're walking in the joy of the Lord. That is not a normal Christian that you and me know of. The normal Christian today, an average Christian today, he has hardly know what the Bible is. They made a, they made a little survey in America. Of course, all the surveys come from your country. And they made a survey in America. They said, uh, average Christian thinks Moses is one of the 12 apostles of Jesus. And 18, yeah, it, it, you know, it, the Bible takes only 80 hours to read the Bible. Do you know that? And we read in, 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 in Papa's house the first 21 days of this year, we read the entire New Testament. The first 21 days, we spent only one hour, 50 minutes, one hour, 25 minutes, something like that. We spent the entire New Testament we read. But an average Christian today, a church-growing Christian, I've never read Bible once. Okay, I'm not going to ask you this question. I'm going to ask you, but don't lift it up. How many of you at least read once? 
twice. Thrice. I mean, it's an old English word. But this 66 books. My dad used to ask us to memorize the scripture. And the shortest scripture verse is what? Jesus wept. And the second shortest scripture is say somewhere, it's in Luke chapter 17, it says, and, and he remembered, <laughs> something like that. So we, we, we use the scripture, some kind of mantra or something, but never put this into our life and see this church that God wants us to build, you know, through us. Now, we talked in brief about... Uh, who is eligible to be a host of a home church? And we explained a born-again, spirit-filled person. Are you all born-again, spirit-filled person? Yes. Must have a home or a flat on a room in a hostel, rented or owned? Yes. Willing to host his presence? Yes. Teachable? See, that's why we don't call leaders, we call facilitators. What does that mean? You facilitate, you, you are willing to be teachable. If, if you are not teachable, how can you expect others to pour in, to listen to you? You know, this one thing that many years ago happened in 2001 when I did my DTS um, in, in Pune. And I used to, I came from a very male dominant background. So I, to see a woman in leadership was quite tough because my upbringing of denomination was uh, all male you know it's it's it, that's how i grew up so my small group leader was a woman and uh, she would say charles come you know do this do that and for me it was a tough thing to come to terms to listen to an order from a woman that was 2001 okay things have changed married a white girl she tells me pick up the trash bag i pick it up with all of my heart so Things have changed. God is gracious and is still in the working business. But 22 years, almost 21 years ago, it was different case. I was a born-again Christian, spoke in tongues. In fact, I had different levels of tongues. Because when you grow up in a Pentecostal circle, it grows based on your vibration. So, you know, <laughs> so I grew up like that. <laughs> but then, I had this mindset that was totally anti biblical but I incorporated it why I'm telling you this if we are not teachable that means if we are not mutually submission to leadership to one another we can never expect to pour into people's life number four number five was Christ-centered we talked about it is the church home church person is to be Christ-centered it's not me and the Lord said that's what he said two, 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 uh, two years ago the home church will be a church where one-man show will be defeated. Today it's one-man show. Somebody sang, I'm preaching, you're all, all your gifts are dormant. All your gifts are dormant. Your gifts of ministering, your gifts of prophesying, healing, everything is dormant. Why? Because you're attending church. But if you have a home place, home group place, where in a group of four or five, their gifts can be exercised, gifts can be shared, gifts can be ministered one another. Do you know God has given gifts? First Corinthians 12 has got nine. 
Romans 8 has got 7. Ephesians 4 has got 5 office gifts. All these gifts are dormant during the traditional Sunday gathering church. Now, willing to share some coffee and tea, they are not boss but facilitators, willing to be accountable to leadership. So what happens in a home church? I wrote down, if you, I mean, we're going to turn around and see that in later. In the, in, in the board, I have written down a few groups that's going to be gathered, you know, in their homes on Sundays. On every Sunday, we will meet here. Every other Sunday, we will meet here for two reasons. We gather to worship and celebrate the goodness of the Lord. That's what we're going to be gathering for. Number two, we're going to be equipped in the word and we're going to be praying for other house groups, churches, what God is doing in their life. And then we will scatter again with a sense of greater in, in nourishment from the Holy Spirit to go and reach out more. We have to be intentionally reaching out to the city. We can't just sit and say, let people come to church. You know, Jesus never said, go to your building. Jesus never said, go to your church meeting. Jesus never said, come here, I will do this. He just invited people not to your place. C.S. Lewis says in one of his books, I think in Mere Christianity, he says, I thought when I came to know Jesus, I thought I came to know a religion. I was brought screaming and kicking into this place called Christianity. I thought it was a religion, a place. Later I came to know it's not a place, it's a person. My prayer is home churches will be a place where they'll encounter Jesus. The facilitators are focused not on, oh, I'm going to now prepare a sermon. You don't have to prepare a sermon. The word will in interpret itself. That's what we will do. You know, group of people gather together. They greet one another. They make some time, things take some time to sing songs. If you don't know how to sing song, play a YouTube song or something. You sit there and then you have a time of thanksgiving. Ask them, how was this week? And then you, people say, this week was horrible, man. Or this week was beautiful. I, this, this patient of mine is suffering a lot. Let's pray. Let's wait upon the Lord. Thank him. Wait upon the Lord. Here, speak life over people. Then we're going to take some time to read the word systematically. My prayer is that in a year or two time, the entire gathering of Papa's house have read the Bible fully. Don't you want to see the Bible being read? I want to see. I mean, we know so many songs. Gangam style song, Kolaveri song. We know song, you know, In the Mole, Jimmy Kamal. We know songs that, you know, you know that song, In the Mole, Jimmy Kamal? I mean, you don't know, so don't Google it, okay? Why this Kolaveri? I went to Indonesia to teach. The, the lady pastor who picked me up from the airport, she asked me, where are you from? I said, I'm from Chennai. Because many people don't know. If you meet an Indian and abroad, you say Velur, they know, because CMC made Velur very famous. So I usually say Chennai. Chennai, you know this Kolaveri song? I was like, man... Why this Kolaveri even in? It's the most stupidest song people know. But if you tell them, turn to the book of Nahum. Whom? Habakkuk? I know Thomas Cook. Where is Habakkuk? What did he cook? We have come to that place and that saddens my heart. And I, I think it should shatter your heart because, so we're going to take a meditation. So what we will start with, we will start with the book of Acts. Meditate on the word, systematic and consistent word impartation. Every season, two or three months, we will have one theme. Now, right now, we will have one theme. 
It's called early church. You'll read one chapter and wait upon the Lord. If you read just Acts, I mean, you get goosebumps. In School of the Holy Spirit, we read it again and again. And every time, my brothers, I don't know how many schools you've been part of, maybe four or five you've been part of. And every time, Linu will say, Anna, every time I am reading, I get new revelation. It's, that is what this book does. I mean, Jordan Peterson, I don't know anybody know, heard about Jordan Peterson? Yes. And this guy says, this is the only book you keep on reading and you never get tired of reading. That guy is a borderline agnostic. He just is, sw is, is swapping slowly because he found out this whole atheism is a shallow thing and he, so he's rationally moving towards. And he says this. He got a new fan. I, I listened to him quite often. But it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, an agnostic, he's a clinical psychologist and he says this book has got, and he's, he talks about how this book fundamentally shaped English culture, the common law, the British common law. Have you heard about British common law? I mean, of course, Brother Mark knows what is British common law. British common law, it's not a top-down like Sharia. It's bottom-up. Everyone is made in the image of God. So what does that mean? Everyone has got inalienable rights. So that's why you can put your placard and says, not my king. And they can still be okay with that in England when Charles became king. Come on, church. So we have to take, and he says, this is a gift to the common law, to the English culture. My brothers and sisters, we need to see our culture being permeated with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? So, intercession for the city we will do in the time of meeting together. Celebrate the Lord's one another, uh, Lord on one another with goodies. So what's happening when you do this? Every week you meet here and then other week you meet there in your homes. What happens? The bond is creating. Right now, not everybody can share. Right now you cannot lift up your hand and say, explain that point again. I don't agree with this. Can you please teach me what is that? You can't do this because we are, there is no place to questionnaire, talk, share, pour out your hearts. You read book of Acts, for example, turn with me to book of Acts, just for a sake, just now. First chapter, book of Acts, okay? I'll just give you a little uh, taste of how it's going to look like, okay? Book of Acts, chapter 1, okay? Good. Look at this one. We all come from different denominations. Put aside those things. Okay. Look at the first verse. The former account I made. What is the former account? If people who are reading this, that means somebody wrote. Who was the guy? This is Dr. Luke. He wrote, Theopolis, of all that Jesus began to both to do and teach. That one verse will help you to talk next 40 minutes. What did Jesus began to do and teach? We can't, we can't have interaction here. Why? Because I'm talking, recording, 40 minutes, uploading YouTube, iTunes. You can't have those things because, yeah, structured. If the policy is not serving people, we need to move the policy away. You understand what I'm saying? So what did Jesus began to both do and teach? You read the Gospels. You read Isaiah 61. You read Luke 4.18. That is the mandate of the Lord. Over Jesus, what should be our mandate? Whatever Jesus began to teach, I'm going to teach. Whatever Jesus began to do, I'm continuing. So Christian ministry, you don't have your own ministry. What is your ministry? Whatever Jesus started, I'm continuing. 
I'm continuing in the medical field. I'm continuing in the in the in the in the arts field. I'm continuing in the in the area of communications. I'm continuing in the area of business. Whatever Jesus began, I'm continuing. You see, this kind of interactions church don't have because we we have lost that. Now, the bond is creating, trust is developing, body of Christ is equipping, one man show is broken, disciples are formed. We have a lot of Christians. In this city, 5 to 6% are Christians, but not disciples. What is a disciple? A student, a learner, a fellow person who is willing to intimate others with the gospel that has been penetrated in their lives. You are Christians. Yeah. We have first class Christian, second class Christian, third class Christian. Do you know that? Based on your church group, if you go to Pentecostal, first class. Go to Roman Catholic, you are on an unreserved compartment. Probably you will not get your, you know. This is how we view the church Christians. In Tamil they say, Per Christavan, which means namesake Christian. But no disciples. We have to change that. More people are attracted. Let me repeat again. What's happening? Bond is creating. Trust is developing. Body of Christ is equipping. One man show is broken. Disciples are formed. More people are attracted to our lifestyle. Christ is glorified. And the whole process is multiplied over and over and over and over until you see Isaiah 60 where the thick darkness covers the earth but the amazing glory of the Lord is over the earth. Don't you want to see? Bellur conquered by the glory of the Lord. I want to see that. I want to see Velurians. You know, that's the picture, the dream. Every time I close my eyes and I see that little, little candles in houses and I ask the Lord, what is this? This is the church. I'm pouring my glory into this and it's going to grow everywhere. And it was just in buildings. Now it's in houses. You don't need, you know, we are praying for 10% for the city, no? It looks like 10% of the city is 70,000 people, conservatively, if it is 700,000. Velur has got close to 850,000 people. 85,000 people, you need two big stadiums and that will be used only for Sunday. Waste of money. But you need only 8,000 homes. It's their home. The king of glory can be glorified. Amen? I believe the Lord wants to do something today. And so, so when we gather, we do two things. Celebrate God and his life over one another. So every other week when we come together, it's going to be a little longer. Why? We want to hear stories. What happened in Brother Sunil's place? What happened in Brother Hattul's? What happened with Sister, you know, uh, Sharon's place? What did God did with our brothers here in, 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 in Emmanuel and Gideon's place? How did the church that, you know, we were planning here in, 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 in Munjur, but as you went, there's one man of peace is there. His name is Karthik. He opened up his heart. He's, 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 he's scared to join a church, but he's willing to join Christ. Can you imagine that? I mean, that's, that's interesting, right? He's, he's worried about going to a church building, but he likes Jesus. Hello. So, we're going to hear and we're going to pray and we're going to ask the Lord, how can we be a blessing to one another? Slowly. It's like fighting against a mainstream. But eventually, people will see this church is an organic church because we see What's happening here? Imagine you pray for people. People get healed. You don't need to say, pray for pastor, anointing oil. You know. 
you know, my father-in-law came first time to India. He, somebody, we went to the village to pray. Somebody brought water. You know, in villages, they bring you water to pray and you give that water to a sick person. Uh, do you know that? Have you heard that? They bring you oil, water. Somebody came and gave to my father-in-law to bring water. So he drank the whole water <laughs> and gave it back to them. <laughs> and this lady is like, yeah, <laughs> then I told uncle, uncle, this is to pray. Ah, okay, pour more water, pray it and send it, you know. <laughs> anyway, you know, and, and most Caucasians don't know how to drink without touching the lips, right? They, they just put it in their mouth and drink. So yeah, I, I was, I want like, Lord, cleanse that also, you know. So <laughs> anyway, but this is the whole point I'm trying to say. God is about to do something in this city. He's just not asking for majority of people. Just a few of them. Handful of people who say, yes, Lord, I want to be part of what he's doing. He's about to do this. Amen? So, now, what we're going to do, we're going to get in the groups of, you can turn the live uh, thing off. What we're going to do, we're going to get into the groups of three or four. We're going to make circles and uh, and we're going to have some communion together. The Bible says every time when they met together, they broke bread. Broke bread is not necessarily communion. They broke bread also means they shared a meal together. They had foods. They had things together. That's why I'm, I, I, I intentionally want to do it earlier. You know, it's not like, oh, wow, he kept on time. No, we are going to have next 20 minutes. We're going to get in the groups. What we will do, for example, we get in the groups of two or three, maybe four. Maybe we have maybe two groups. We are very small people. So we get in the groups of three or four, and we will talk about few of the things like, what are some of the challenges? Like, for example, I wrote down here at the back, uh, you know, Jesus said, I will build my church. And I wrote down seven house churches, they are willing to say yes, praise report and prayer request. Now, we don't have anything started now. What we will do, we will say, okay, let's pray for our neighbors. You know, so you might have some neighbors who don't know Jesus. Everything starts with prayer and intercession. So this whole week, what we will do, we will pray intentionally for somebody. Our neighbor, maybe, you know, we will pray for Karthik, for example. You know, and you might have, like this guy, the God delusion guy, what's his name? Joel. You know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm so pumped up. This God delusion guy, Joel, will have one day devil's delusion. He will be like, come out of that cocoon. And you may have friends, neighbors that don't know Jesus. We're going to spend some time praying for them, interceding for them. You know, in a group like setting like this, many people are even uh, not used to pray. They say, oh, maybe if my prayer is that powerful, pastor is praying like this, he's quoting scriptures while I'm praying. His prayer cannot be rated based on your tone of your voice or the scriptures you quote. Prayer is a dialogue between you and God. And in a small group sitting like this, you can pray. You can ask the Holy Spirit. You can say, Lord, how you want to build your church inside of my life? How can I be a blessing to the community around? You know, there are people in your own compound, in your own networks. There are, you know, Christians. There are two kinds of uh, people are there, unchurched and dechurched. Karthik is an unchurched. And we have dechurched. Who are those people? You know them. They are tired of Christianity. They are tired of religion. They saw something in church. They got messed up. They got hurt. 
and they don't want to go to church anymore. Maybe God has some de-churched people in your place. Maybe God has some unchurched people. What we will do, we will take some time, pray for them. And my prayer, me and Eunice, we would visit every other Sunday one of those house group churches when with you, pray with you, hang out with you, cry out with you, with you, ask the Holy Spirit to pour out His Spirit. Because when we intentionally seek, I believe the Lord is going to bring transformation. But if we just wait and say, you know, Paul says, I run with intentional, I go, not, I li not like somebody beats the hair, I go with that sense of direction. So we go with that sense of direction. What is that? God, build your church in me. And that's what we are doing. So we will start in the groups and we will pray and then we will break bread and then we will hang out and we will do that. So let's turn around in the groups. If you can find maybe four in a group, that would be really good. If you can, and uh, Anna and Leno, if you can turn, maybe you can go uh, that side, yes. Mama, you want to join uh, Brother Sunil here? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. It's, yeah. Two, two group because we are very small now. Yes. So, for example, yes. Just two groups. Because in these two groups, we have at least four house group facilitators are there. For example, uh, in, in that group, uh, Atul and Sharon, and then Sharon is there. Anna is going to be part of that boys group here. In this group, we have Emmanuel and Gideon. Brother Sunil is there. And, uh, and, and so we, what we're going to, Linu is here. So we have, what we're going to do, we're going to take some time to pray for our neighbors. Maybe we can wait upon the Lord and say, Lord, show me who is my neighbor that I want to reach out to. You know, maybe you have a person in mind. Maybe you have a friend in mind. Maybe you have a, a somebody that in your, in, your, in your network who is not so happy to go to church, but they are willing to come to your home for a coffee. Intentionally. So we're going to wait upon the Lord. And maybe you're going to say, yes, let's pray for this person. Let's pray. And all of you just join in prayer. And you say, okay, I'm going to pray for this person. Brother Sunil said, let's pray for, say for example, Mr. Samson, who's his colleague. He doesn't know. He knows the Lord, but he's not coming, but he's close to him. So we're going to pray for Samson. We're going to say, Lord, bring Samson to know your love. Not to church. Most of these people who come to your home groups may or may not even come to church. The goal is not to fill this place with people. The goal is to see the church being formed in them. Does it make sense? Yes. So let's take some time to intercede, wait upon the Lord. Maybe you have somebody in your in your networks, because we've been talking this in the last four weeks, maybe you have somebody in your mind, and you say, this is the person I'm praying to invite, so I want your prayers. Shall we? Here are some announcements. If you have missed any of our sermons, you can watch them by logging in on Papa's House through YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Facebook. We have a family support program where we support single mothers and their children 
by getting provisions through finances and opportunities to earn a livelihood through small businesses. Every Friday, through our homeless feeding program, our team prepares and distributes food packets for homeless people in and around Velour. We would encourage you to join us in this program by either preparing or distributing food packets and also by considering making your generous contributions through your finances. If you consider yourself to be a part of Papa's house, then we would encourage you to send your tithes and offerings. But if you are visiting Papa's house for a few occasions and led by the Spirit and you feel that Papa's house has made a difference in your spiritual life and your connection with Christ, you could consider sowing a small seed through an offering. We would make sure it falls on the good soil so that it reaps a good reward from God. You can find the details of the bank accounts and Google Pay should you decide to send in your offering to us. We will intimate to you once we have received it. Also, here are the links on how you can reach and follow us.